Amen. Let me uh, let me take just a minute, and uh, we've been here a while, but I want to take a minute and thank you for the good room, the fellowship, and more than anything else, the invitation. Don't you appreciate the preeminence on preaching? Amen. A lot of places you go, we'd have sung for two hours, and they'd have squeezed in 20 minutes worth of so-called preaching, but uh, I like it. it. Singing will stir our hearts, and, and we'll feel stuff, and I like it, but preaching will change your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, preacher. I, I appreciate it. Good food down there. Amen. Uh, I like it. I like it. I appreciate get, getting to see some folks we ain't seen in a while. Uh, all the youngs and saw uh, some of the Ledbetters here and Brother Sam we ain't seen in a while. Got to meet uh, Brother, uh, uh, let's see, Brother John back there. Brother Gavin Flatt told me a bunch of stuff about him that wasn't true. He's a good guy. And uh, Brother Gavin's listening tonight. I could say a lot of things about him. But um, it's been a blessing, and I mean that from my heart. I'm not going to keep you long. Um, I enjoyed the preaching. Uh, we just heard uh, about Lot. You know, Lot come out of uh, the earth of the Chaldees with Abraham. And it seemed like that uh, Abraham followed God, but Lot followed Abraham. Seemed like Lot, that Abraham fellowship with God, but Lot's fellowship was with Abraham. And I preached one time on, uh, one day there'll be a time when you won't have your Abraham. You won't have somebody standing over you, won't have a good preacher, a good mom and daddy that loves you, puts you in those boundaries. One day you'll be by yourself. Amen. You'll be like Lot. You'll have to make some choices. And Lot couldn't make one good choice. In fact, the first choice he made, he was, uh, the preacher preached it, he said, uh, Abraham took, said, Lot, you take what you want to. And, and Lot lifted up his eyes. They always go the way we're leaning. We always go that way. He was looking, before you know it, he's living down there. Amen. I always, always watch what we let our eyes do. But whatever it was, wasn't, a, wasn't appealing, wasn't attractive to Abraham. Amen. You know what I think happened? That's not my message, I don't think. But I think that Lot waited till he was facing Sodom, facing the temptation, dear brother, facing the time to choose. He waited too late to make his mind up. Yeah. Amen. You can't wait till you're over in Babylon uh, and the world to make your choice. When you're facing all that temptation, your mind better have already been made up. Yeah. Amen. That's exactly right. You can't wait too long before you make your mind up. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And I uh, appreciate good, godly young people. I mean that. People that want, they're here tonight because they want to be. And I'm very grateful to be here. Let's take our Bibles tonight and uh, turn to a, a very familiar verse of Scripture. And um, Luke chapter 15. And um, we would... Um, uh, that might would bother some, it being so familiar, if I wasn't sure that you can't exhaust the Word of God. Amen? It's not my or the preacher's Word to your ear. It's, it's God's Word to your heart. And uh, I, I think we had a visiting preacher this past Sunday. He preached out of the book of Jonah, uh, Jonah chapter 1. Everybody in here has heard Jonah preached if you've been saved six months. And uh, had a young girl... Uh, sitting on the second row while he was preaching, get under conviction, get to weeping, 
come to the altar and get born again. Amen. Amen. So it's not, uh, don't let the familiarity cheat you out of a good blessing tonight. God knew before you was ever born what text we'd turn to tonight. He also knew we'd be here tonight. Knew God was going to have a message just for us, didn't he? I feel a lot better than I did last night. I was a little nervous tonight. I just kind of feel like maybe I might take a laugh. Amen. I feel like I'm in a place that's done that before. Amen. Amen. I appreciate the good preaching spirit that's here tonight. Luke chapter 15. And uh, before I read my text, we know Jesus here is responding to a, a Pharisee lawyer. They have uh, made an indictment. They've accused him. Uh, saying, this man receiveth sinners. And now, the Lord Jesus responding to them gives us this, what I believe to be a uh, parable in three parts. And uh, verse 4 through 7 is the lost sheep, and, and then verse 8 through 10, we know is the lost silver, and then verse 11 uh, through verse number 24, and really the remainder is uh, the lost son. Now, I want us to look at the most familiar of the, of the text, and uh, I believe the, the parable is teaching Jesus has been accused of loving sinners, and, and uh, the, the Pharisees didn't care about nobody getting saved. Uh, they, uh, they got too clean for sinners, amen. I love being in clean churches, amen. Just don't never get too clean for sinners to come in, amen. So, so the, the whole parable, and I don't want to get bogged down here, but it, I believe is is showing how the Pharisees wasn't excited about them, them sinners getting saved, and they made a comparison from the Pharisees to that elder brother. He got bitter and mad instead of being just happy that somebody got right with God. And, uh, but I want to make application tonight, if the Lord will help me. Luke 15, verse 11. The Bible said, and, and he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portions of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to, into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father uh, have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, the father didn't even pay him no attention, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive and he was lost and is found. And they begin to be merry. Begin to be merry. Amen. Help us to be merry in here tonight. Amen. Amen. Brother Sam, would you lead us in prayer and pray for me? 
Oh, God, help us tonight. Amen. I got uh, somebody brought a message. I mentioned this. Your pastor preached on uh, get out of the window. Uh, he's like me. He couldn't remember when he preached it. He said it could have might have been this past Sunday. But I've, I've had that thought on my mind. I, I heard him, uh, your preacher weep saying get out of the window. And I've never seen them fall in. Normally most of the time when they're sitting in the window they fall out. You ever thought about it? He fell out in a good church. Amen. Man of God was feeding. The ministry was flourishing. Amen. The members were faithful. Amen. A lot of things going on. Apostle Paul was preaching. If you can fall out in the Apostle Paul preaching, you better believe you can fall out in any of us preaching. Amen. But I'm always, I don't know if it's a pastor's heart, I, but when I go to a place and I see all the, the wonderful people and the folks that I know seem like they walk with God, it seems like my, I always get burdened over that one that may be on their way out. Uh, or, or maybe they just, they're, they're looking over, over the boundary and their heart's not right. They're not gone yet, but they, they may got leaving in their mind. I've always looked for that one. And I want to try to be a blessing tonight. Uh, uh, Jesus used his father, I believe, as a type of himself. This young man demanded his inheritance. The way he talked to his father shows his arrogance and said, Father, give me. And uh, my daddy wasn't near as big as me, but I didn't walk up and talk to him like that, not and get to chew with these teeth. Amen. And, and, uh, but the young man de demanded it, and, and he got it, and, uh, and he run off into sin. And I noticed some things that I see about the house, the place where he left. It seems like that. The father had been blessed. He, he, he had an inheritance to leave him. Amen. I know some good people ain't got nothing to leave their kids. Worked all their life. So, so he's a father that's blessed. He seems like he had boundaries uh, because had he not cared and had guidelines, the son would have never felt like he needed to leave. Amen. I believe the father had a backbone because the young man seemed to know that he couldn't live like the devil and stay there with his daddy. Amen. I believe the man had some boundaries. I believe he had a burden because in verse number 20, said he saw the boy coming a long way off and, and uh, I believe no telling how many days he laid there uh, on his face waiting and longing and looking for the day that that prodigal, amen, come back home. If you've ever had one, you'll long and you'll look, amen, and you'll spend some time weeping, hoping and praying that God will bring them back, amen. I think he was a believer. He had faith. Uh, he's a feeding this calf, amen, because he knew, amen, one day they going to get that fatted calf and celebrate when his son got home. Amen. He knew one day was coming. I like that kind of faith. We have some folks at our church, our young'uns is out in, in the mess, and, and I tell them, don't never give up. Keep on praying. Listen to me. The same God that saves our soul is able to bring the worst prodigal right back into the fold, into the family, and into the church house. I've seen him do it many times. Amen. Now, 
If, if anybody had the potential to turn out right, to live for God, to have the touch of God, and to be blessed, it was this man in our text tonight. He had everything going for him. And I, that brings me to my thought. I wonder why the, man, the boy left. I mean, th listen, they, that, that father's a type of the Lord himself. It had to be a good place to be. And I'm often wondered, I wondered why would somebody want to leave a church like this? Do you know how few they are? Do you know how blessed you are to be here tonight? Amen. Most people you'll ever meet or talk to in your life will never have what some of you folks have got. Amen. Never. Why would somebody want to leave? I, I do not understand. I wonder what was he thinking? Uh, what, what was on his mind? What was his reasoning? What, what is it? We go crazy trying to figure out why somebody decides to be a rebel. There's a very good chance that somebody in this building may not be in this meeting next year. Amen. You ever wonder why he left? I, I wonder if he got dissatisfied with the Father's house. I just took it for granted. He, he got up. He had everything he ever needed. Uh, they had biscuits at their house. He mentioned the bread. Amen. And, uh, I mean, he had everything. Maybe he just got sick and tired of the rules. I don't know. Uh, maybe he got discouraged. Maybe he got his feelings hurt. Uh, we knock on doors, and, and it, you won't have to knock on many doors. You'll knock on one, and somebody say, I used to go to church but I got hurt somewhere along the way. Maybe he got his feelings hurt. I don't know. Maybe he uh, got distracted. Maybe he had a bad friend. Or uh, maybe, maybe he was, had a friend, and, and his friend led him down a path that filled his mind full of them thoughts that we heard preached on. Hey, man, I, man I, do, I do know one thing. He got deceived. Hey, man, he thought he was missing out. He thought he could sin and get by. Hey, man. He thought he would be all right. Amen. Isn't it amazing? In, in 30 years of being saved, I've never seen anybody it work out when they get out in rebellion. But I've got some, and there's probably some here. You think the devil's got you deceived, thinking you'll be the only one, but it's going to work out when you, when you rebel against God. Won't work out. Won't work out. I wonder, I wonder what happened. I wonder how we got to this boy leaving. I, I wonder, I wonder, was the devil talking to him? Uh, you say, well, why do you think that? Well, the first mention of a sin and rebellion in our King James Bible is Genesis chapter 3, and the devil was doing all the talking. Amen. I, I don't believe he's ever changed his tactic. Amen. Um, he, he's telling Eve stuff like, uh, it's not like God said. Amen. He said God said it, but he didn't mean it. Amen. And then in Matthew 4, just let me hurry along, in Mark 4, 2, it said when Jesus was tempted, the devil was doing all the talking. Amen. And in Acts 5, the Bible said that it was the devil that was talking to Ananias and Sapphire filled their hearts with lies. The devil does a lot of talking. Amen. I, I, there's no telling what he was saying. Maybe he was saying that you're going to miss out. Amen. You're missing out. You, you're missing out on the fun, and everybody else is doing it. I don't know what the devil may say. He's a liar. He's always been a liar. He's a father of lies. Amen. He lies. Everybody out there in that world tonight that used to be in church believed a lie of the devil. Amen. I don't know what he could have told him. He might have said that, that life in the fast lane is okay. And, and, uh, and you're, you're living and, and everybody else is getting to fulfill the lust of the flesh and the desires of the flesh. But you're growing old and you're not going to. And maybe he thought he was just going to do it uh, maybe because he was listening to what the devil told him. 
I don't know what the devil said to him, but I guarantee you there were some things the devil did not say to him. You know, he only tells one side of sin. You see Hollywood, they got the, the, the beer commercials, and they got the pretty cars and the pretty girls, and they got the famous-looking lifestyle, but they don't show you that car wrapped around a tree on Saturday night. Amen, somebody on a ventilator to hospital, or, or you going to prison for killing somebody. Devil don't never tell that. Amen, amen. I want to preach a little bit tonight, if the Lord will help me, on what the devil won't tell you about the far country. I have no doubt in my mind I know he'll talk to you. I know he'll tell you some things. Amen. Uh, I promise he's not giving you the whole story. He, he told Eve, said, he said, uh, you'll be like God. Amen. He said, you're going to have this knowledge, and you can eat it and not die. And God didn't mean what he said, but he did not tell her about death and about, about the curse that was coming on humanity. Amen? He did not tell her all the suffering that was going to take place and she was going to bury that little boy that she loved. Amen? Because of sin. He only tells one side of the story. He'll make it sound good, praise God, but there's some things he won't tell you. Amen? I think about it. I'm sure he talked to David. And David looked at Bathsheba, and he said, I want you to look how pretty she is. You're the king. You, you can do it. You can force your way. You can have that. And, and by the way, you've got enough power to cover it up. And, and if you do things right, and you handle this situation right, you can lay with that woman and get by with it. Probably said that, wouldn't you think? But he did not tell him that the sword of God's judgment would never leave his house that he would bury three young'uns real quick over that, amen, and his home would be completely tore apart, he'd be betrayed by his own family, and God rose up evil from his own house. The devil never told him that. Amen. We meet, preacher mentioned Lot tonight, fun, the pleasure, making the money. Boy, it was a good place to raise the cattle, amen. I don't know what he was, but he, it must have been some of the money because he, he had a place. He sat in the gate, and that speaks of people that's in authority. He had a job down there, amen. We had a fellow leave our church one time, and, and he said, I, I, I found a, a job I cannot turn down. You better watch that too good to be true. He said the only thing about it is there's no good churches within a hundred miles of where I'm going. Amen. I said, well, I, that, I wouldn't go right there. Amen. You can't put a price on a good church for your family. Amen. A few years later, he moved back. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. The devil didn't tell Lot. And um, if you're here tonight, I won't be long, but if you've been listening to the devil's lies, and you've been wondering how it is on the other side, amen, just across the fence, and the devil's painted a pretty picture and told you, hey, you don't know how good it is out there. Can I tell you? I know he's telling you something. If you're a child of God, you better watch. The devil's walking about seeking whom he may devour. How does he devour? He's whispering to their, to their thoughts, preacher, to their mind. Amen. He's putting thoughts in their mind. Amen. Amen. I'm just wanting to talk a little bit tonight about what he may not be telling. Let me get into it tonight, three or four quick things, and I'll be done. I don't believe the devil will tell you about the vices of the far country. Verse number 13, look at it with me. The Bible said, and not many days after, it didn't take him long now, not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey, here it is, into the far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. Verse 14, when he had spent all, 
something got a hold of this boy and stripped him of everything he had. Amen. You know what I think it was? It was the world's vices. Amen. There's some vices out there, and thank God there's folks in here don't even know what they are. You ought to thank God for that. There's things you can do one time and never be able to get over it. Amen. A young man used to come to our church, sat on the front row, wore a suit and tie, carried a Bible. He said he was saved. He looked like, like he was saved. He got in sin and started messing around with things he shouldn't. He took one pill that was laced with that fentanyl and died. Take one. He was on the job. Popped a little pill in there. Just one. Amen. And by the way, those, there's things out there now people smarter than me say, if you do them one time, you're hooked on it. Amen. That's vices for him. This world is full of vices. And listen, I don't know what yours is. You don't want to know what mine is. But I tell you, the devil does. And he's got a vice waiting on you just outside of these doors. Amen. Amen. There's vices that me and you, amen, can't handle that'll strip just like that boy. Strip, lost his innocence, lost his purity. Amen. I mean, stole, depleted, destroyed his very life. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sick of watching the devil and the world and the flesh destroy good young people that know better. Amen, amen, amen. There's a vice. There's a vice that, that'll work for you if you go. We have a fellow in our church. He, he's such a blessing now, but he got his own testimony. He got, was in church, saved, and got away from God, and and he never did much of anything out there in the world. And, and somewhere or another out there owned his own business, had several uh, crews working under him. And some one day, somebody on the job now, this is while he was still in church, said, if you'll take this, said, I'm telling you, you'll work for 12 or 14 hours. He didn't think nothing about it. He popped a pill in his mouth and went right on. And he said, well, the next morning he got to thinking, hey, give me another one of them things you gave me last night or yesterday. And he gave him another one. Then the next day, well, about four or five days later, uh, he done loved it, had no idea what it was. And before you knew it, long, long story short, he lost everything he's got. That vice got a hold of him. He lost his business. He lost his home. He lost his wife. He lost his children. That was sleeping outside and homeless over a vice. We're living in a world of vices. Amen. Amen. Preacher, I'm preached on it. Cell phone. If you took most folks' cell phone away from them, they'd be in DTs. They'd be laying in the floor by in the morning. We're all that way. We're all that way. Amen. The world has made us that way. Everything can be a vice. I couldn't imagine, but there's people that's addicted to gambling. I love my money too much to be giving it away like that. Amen. Amen. But there's people addicted to that stuff. Amen. Pornography's mentioned two or three times during this meeting. And, 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 and what happens, I've seen it. I've saw good people, and they'll start fooling with it. Amen. They'll start fooling with it. The preacher talked about opening them doors. Amen. And, 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 and you open that door, and you better shut it, he said. Amen. But when you leave it open, there's going to come a time when you say, boy, this is getting a hold of me. i got to shut the door, and you can't shut the door. Yeah. That vice has done got a hold of you so much you can't shut the door. Yeah. Amen. There's things that will ruin your life. 
Amen. Thank you know what these preachers are preaching like they do? Because they know what's out there. Amen. They know they've solved the damage, amen, and the destruction. They want you not to be fooled by it. No drunk, no dope addict, no gambler, no fornicator, no somebody full of lust and pornography. They never woke up one day and said, I think I'll go ruin my life. I think today, I think this week I'll just go get hooked on something. Nobody ever said that. But they kept messing until that vice got a hold of them. And then when they want to turn it loose, they can't turn it loose. Amen. Amen. You, you, can't, you can't control. A lot of folks think if I can do right in every other area, but I got this one little place in my flesh, I'm going to let it go. Flesh ain't that way. Amen. When you, feed, amen. When you let one area go, you're making all of it grow. And get, amen, and get stronger. You can't just be all right with God and have this one little pet thing that you're holding on to. It don't work out that way. Amen. There's vices that works through that. Amen. Amen. Saved flesh can do anything that lost flesh can do. There is not anything that you and I could not possibly do if we walked away from God. No telling what we'd do. Amen. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. I just wonder, I wonder how much of that lust on the inside. I know we're, I know depravity, I know we've got wicked flesh, but I believe that, that a lot of that lust wouldn't be there if we never opened the door to it. Amen. Amen. I believe if you never open the door to that tent, let me put it this way, if you start the fires of temptation at an early age, they, they'll burn the rest of your life. Everybody listen to me tonight. There's things you can start as a young person and you'll have to struggle with it till the day you die. That's why we say don't touch it. Don't, don't mess with it. Amen. Nothing bothers me, Brother Young, of stuff I've never done. Amen. Amen. Leave it alone, praise God. Leave it alone. Amen. Well, let me, boy, I'm just going to cut through this because I want to get to a one place. But the vices of the far country, he'll tell you a lot of things, but he won't tell you about that. The vultures of the far country. Look at verse 15. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. Boy, there's somebody there, wasn't he? The old devil had somebody there, amen, that would gladly help him spend his money, amen, that would gladly lead him down the road. Amen. Wicked people is just like magnets. They always attract. They just, they just always, one can come from California and one can come from Maine. Amen. Come to the same church. If they're wicked, they'll be sitting beside each other the next Sunday night after they get there. I don't know how that happens. Amen. Amen. You know what? We know who you are by who wants to be around you. Not necessarily who you want to be around, but who wants to be around you. Amen. You ever seen this, these folks, all the wicked people want to be around them? And they start saying, I'm just trying to be a blessing to them. Yeah. Amen. I ain't never seen nobody. Listen, we are. We are to, to ever. I love to see people in churches when it's, they're not all, we're all on different levels and we help each other. But you know a rebel when you see one. Amen. We used to have girls in our church would say, I just want to be of an influence to them. I've never seen them influence a rebel. We call them sewer rats. The ones that comes in off the street and they put a tie on, they dress up, they come in, they've, they've lived their flesh, they've done everything they want to, but they want a pure girl. Amen. They, they don't care about her. They just want a, they want a pure young lady, so they come in the church. Amen. And they say, well, we just want to try to influence them. I've never seen them influence him, but every time I've seen them pull, the, pull them down. Amen. 
I've seen that river rat pull the girls down. Amen. I'm starting to feel like I'm at home, praise God. Amen. Amen. There's eight, I don't know how many billion. I've been guessing ever since I've been here about how many people's in the world. Amen. But I will tell you this. There's a lot, a lot of girls, a lot of, a lot of men, and there's only one that's right for you, that God wants for you. There's only one. That means there's a bunch of them that's not. You saying, are you from one of them churches where the preacher picks them? No, I, we don't pick them. I don't think the mom and daddy necessarily picks them. What mamas and daddies and the preachers are for is to tell you who ain't. We don't say who is, we just say who ain't. Ain't that right? You better listen to somebody and know a lot more than you. Beautiful young lady in our church. I could say her name. I know Brother uh, O'Malley knows them. I mean, sweetheart. Grew up, godly family, godly young lady. Grew up in our youth group. I mean, went to every meeting we've ever had. And here comes this uh, Mr. Hollywood-looking boy in. He's never been faithful. He's never went on visitation. He's never had no touch of God. That, who was it preached? There's no fruit. Amen. You'll know a tree by the fruit it bears. Well, what if it ain't got no fruit? Amen. Never had no fruit. There she, what happens is you start the relationship. Amen. Amen. You start the relationship. Then you get feelings involved. And it's pretty much going to happen after that. You can't nobody talk them out of it once, once, once the sewer rats done got her ear and done got in her heart. Amen. Nothing much you're going to do about it. And that's why we make our mind up before the sewer rat gets here. Amen. Amen. Make your mind up. Got her. She fell in love with him. I'm saying, hey, you can't expect me to be okay. I've always preached this. You've always said amen when I preach this. He's never had no touch of God. He's never been faithful. He's never, never even been baptized, never made a profession. I don't think it's good. Amen. She got married. He stayed with her a year, got her in a motherly way. He's gone. Joker's in jail now. I mean, ruined, just done everything he could to ruin her life. Amen. That's what the sewer rats are good for. Now, there's Jezebels too. There's little Jezebels that comes in church. Amen. You watch them. Amen. They put on clothes. They put on church attire, but they don't even look right in it. You can tell they ain't never had it on before. Amen. Amen. They want, they want to fit in. I don't like that. Amen. I, I don't, my blood pressure gets high. When you, if you want to live for the devil, that's fine. But when you go to, to influencing young people and, and, and innocent people, then I, my hair sticks straight up. Amen. 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 Let me hurry. The vices, the, the vultures, you watch the vultures. You watch them. They're going to come. They're going to be there. Amen. The vultures, uh, the vices... But notice the victims. If you look in verse number 12, if you will, it starts, let me just say this, it starts in verse number 12. And from the time this boy starts this little rendezvous till he ends up back, if you really look at it, they leave, he leaves a trail of victims. He's crushed the father. He's hurt, the, he's hurt his family. He's hurt his friends. He's, he's heard he's let down his youth group. I mean, people love you. And when you decide to up and quit, it hurts. Amen. It hurts people that love you most. Amen. He hurt the crowd in the far country. 
I mean, that's some, the women and the, and the mess he was involved with, that's somebody's young'uns over there. And here's this guy supposed to be in church. Amen. Here he is a lot over in the far country making things worse for the wicked folks over there. There's just a trail of victims. You'll never, ever, ever know the hurt that's in a mom and daddy or a pastor when you decide you're not going to have it. No way, but you're going to leave. Amen. You'll never know the pain. You'll never, you'll, uh, you'll never know. This father was looking. He's looking a long way. I mentioned earlier he was longing. His heart was broke. You don't, don't raise your hand, but have you ever had somebody you love with all your heart in the far country? I mean, you, you love them. You've, you've poured your life into them. You've give to them till it hurts. I mean, you would lay down your life for them and they walk away and walk away from everything that God's done for them. It will break your heart. We have a, young, a family in our church. They're precious. They've been there for 25 years. And one day their daughter decided she was going to leave. She decided she did not want to be in church no more. And she, she's going to leave. And she's going to do her thing. And when, but what happened, she had already left in her heart. And she had all this secret stuff. I, there was, I told you last night, I believe there's always signs and symptoms. You don't go from the pulpit to perversion. They, but she had all this secret sin and stuff in her life. Well, the day she left, all of it come out. And there was a father, and I promise you, he was big as Brother O'Malley. He's muscled up. He's, I mean, a hard-working man. And he come in my office, and he started saying, look here what I found. And the more he talked and the more he showed, the more, and I, I mean, honestly, we would have never picked her to do that. It was just as shocking as, as, as you could imagine. And that man began to weep. And before we got done talking, I'm holding this man up as he weeps. And before we got done, that poor old man threw up in my trash can, hurting over what his daughter done. I'm telling you, sin leaves victims. I preach a message that there's Siamese, Siamese twins in the Bible. It's sin and sorrow. Amen. There was two Chinese fellas joined together. Uh, I don't know, maybe it was Ching and Chang. And, and, but they, they were Siamese twins, and they said one thing about it. Wherever you found one, you always found the other. That's the way sin and sorrow is. Everywhere in that Bible where you find sin and rebellion, everywhere in life when you see somebody walk away, matter of fact, the more light, the more pain and hurt it causes, the more rougher it is on you. Amen. This is just a, train, just a trail of victims. Mama weeping all night. Dad wondering what did he do wrong. The pastor wondering what he could have done to help. Wondering if he'd have preached this or if he'd have went... Uh, just laying in the bed at night wondering what he could have done to salvage that young life. Sin leaves victims. Let me say this. The devil will not never tell us about the vices or the vultures. He don't mention the victims. He don't, I don't think he'll ever tell us about the vexing of the far country. Now look at me. Verse 17, he gets, he comes to himself. In other words, he says, what am I doing here? If you saved, you can't stay out there. You can't stay out there. Not if you saved. The chastening hand of God won't let you. 
So he says, what am I doing here? Verse number 21, he leaves to go home. In verse number 22, the father says this, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. And they begin, verse 23, to be merry. And I mean, they're having what we call down in South Carolina, on the North Carolina line, a shindig. They are tore up. And by the way, they have a right to be. I see them, we'll come back to that in a minute, but I see them happy. And, and the father has forgiven. And if the mother was there, the mother forgive them. I believe the people forgive them. They, the, and they all begin to be married. So everybody's forgive the boy. Talking about the vexing of the far country. I believe the people was coming by and they're all hugging him and they're saying, man, the youth group saying, we're so thankful to have you back. Man, thank God you can't get back. And I see the father maybe, ever, the crowd begins to leave. The young man goes to get into bed that night. Maybe daddy come in and said, son, I want you to know you sure blessed my heart. I'm thankful to have you back home. I believe it's probably about that time the man, the old, little boy looks up and he sees his daddy's wrinkled brow. If mama's in the home, maybe his mama's hair's done turned gray. About that time, once he's back home and got everything right, the vexing starts. The devil says, I want you to look what you've done. The guilt starts. I want you to look what you've done to your family. They don't nobody look at you the same anymore. Look what you've done. You, you'll never be right. You have ruined your name. You've hurt your family's name. Amen. Isn't that the way the devil does? He talks you into leaving, and when you get back and get right with God, then he wants you to make feel guilty. Amen. Make you feel, amen, sorry for yourself. You'll never be what you used to be. Amen. Guilty. See, when everybody else forgives you, if you ain't real careful, it'll be tough to forgive yourself. The devil don't play fair, friend. He don't play fair. He causes a lot of pain. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a good point here. The devil won't tell you about the victory of the far country either. I will say this. In my lifetime, and I'm not talking about people that fall down and I'm talking about people who go to the filth. They turn and go to the filth of the world. I don't know. Most, a lot of times, they don't get back all the way. I didn't say they can't. Now, don't go out here and say I said something I didn't. I'm saying most of the time, they don't. That's why it's such a danger to go. But I want you to know you can get back. Look here. In his mind, he's coming home. In his mind, he's saying what I'm going to tell my father. I'm sorry, I've sinned against heaven. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to be here. I'm unworthy. Daddy, just let me be one, as one of your hired servants. My daddy didn't even, just, didn't even let him finish. He said, hey, bring me the ring. Bring me the robe. Hey, man, bring me the shoes. We're fixing to have a time. And he got back. You can get back. Amen. Some of you here, you know what I'm talking about. Now, you're looking like you don't, but you know what I'm talking about. You've got out. You've messed up. You know what it is to get out, but you know what it is to get back. You know what it is to, for God to forgive you and to be restored and back in the presence of God. That's why Jesus died. Not just to save us, 
But we can get right when we mess up after God saved us. Amen. You know what it is to get back. Some of us know what it is. Know what it is. There's, there's victory. That gets the fatted calf out. I mean, he'd been feeding this thing. This thing must be huge. I don't know how long he stayed, I, uh, but this thing's huge. And I think, praise God, we ought to have a calf killing when somebody goes out in rebellion and comes back. That's what they've done in Luke 15, and I think we ought to do it. It ought to, it ought to excite us. That's the whole point of the story is rejoicing when somebody comes and gets right. I think we ought to rejoice. And I appreciate the grace of God. If you're willing to repent and get right, God will help you and let you have the touch of God again. Amen. And I'm done when I say this. I think we ought to rejoice. But you know, I've never heard much preaching on, we ought to have a, a calf killing. I mean a big fat one. A calf killing for the, for the crowd that ain't never left. Amen. All the ministry, since I've been saved and got in the ministry, it's always been we have a calf killing when, the, when the, they go out and, and wreck their testimony and go out and, and indulge in filth and throw away precious things they can't get back. And they come in and we're running the aisles and shouting. And that's wonderful. But every now and again, praise God, we ought to stand up and say, glory to God that we've got some that ain't never went out. You know who my heroes are in this building tonight? It's young people. Hey, there's more temptation on them than there was in us grayheads. And you've said no to the devil, no to the flesh, no to the world. God's been too good to me, and I'm not going and ain't never quit, praise God. I say that's who we need to kill the cow for. Just have a service one day and honor those that's never quit. Amen. You've got to agree with me on that. I'm going to make you agree. Don't you believe that? Amen. Have a service one day and just say, hey, we're, we're thankful. We're thankful you, you got out. You come back from rebellion. We thank you. Thank you for this crowd that's got back. You got back in the choir. And, man, you got your home back. We th but today, we're just going to honor the ones that ain't never quit. My heroes is this bunch of young people that, that has said no to this ungodly, filthy world. They've not, they man, the cell phone don't own them. They've not given their mind to filth, amen. They've stayed in the Word of God. They love church, amen. That's who we need to kill the calf for. I'll say this in closing. Always watch when you get to thinking about what's, what's out there and why you ought to go and how you think that it'll turn out. It never does turn out good. It won't turn out good for you either. Amen. Be careful. And then if you're here tonight and you've got a prodigal son or daughter, I think it'd be faith to keep feeding that thing. Keep praying. There's not a prodigal that's represented in this room that, little, that praying, trusting God, We've been in a service one night. They was praying for this young man, weeping. And unbeknown to us, about midway through the service, he comes in the back door. Saints of God's praying, and the Spirit of God goes over there, rocks his world, amen, still small voice, breaks his heart. Amen. If you knew where he was, you didn't think he'd get back. Amen. He's in church today. Your prodigal ain't too far away. 
Amen. I ain't never seen one the grace of God can't reach. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the ones that's fought the battles and been faithful. You've had to say no. You've turned down temptation, said no, and nobody knows about it but you and the Lord. You've stood in battles that your preacher don't know about. You've, you've fought and you've done right when nobody was looking. See, that's what we really are. We're not really what we are when we're in front of 200 people. We're what we are when we're going down the road and we've got the opportunity to exercise our flesh and nobody's looking and nobody will ever know it. That is what we really are. Could we be honest tonight, preacher? Just I'll say a word and I'm done. Could we be honest if there's, I don't know, it might be somebody you love with all your hearts in a far country tonight. I think they may never come back. They can. God can reach them. They may never come back. But if, whether they do or don't, we ought to find a place to pray for them. Amen. Then if you're here tonight and, of course, you, ain't, you, don't, you don't even know a lot about these vices. Man, you're, the Lord's kept you so sheltered by the grace of God. You don't know nothing about this stuff that's killing people out there. But you've got to where you're wondering about it and you... Maybe you got a friend that's been trying to talk to you. Maybe somebody on the job's been kind of telling you how it could be and what all you're missing. Could I remind you tonight, everything the other, the devil and the flesh says, there's a lot he won't tell you. Amen. Stand to your feet. Thank you for letting me preach tonight. The preacher's going to come, and I'd ask tonight, let's just mind the Lord. We've got a lot of preaching to give an account for. If there's anybody, somebody, somewhere in this building that's been thinking about leaving, giving up, if that great preacher can talk about how he got discouraged and depressed, you better believe there's some young people, some mamas and daddies in this building that knows what discouragement is. Hey, choose to get help in this meeting. Choose to get help. Amen. Thank you, preacher.